Let's pray. Gracious God, may this sermon be a seed sown on good soil, so that it may produce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold for the sake of your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Starting today and continuing on through the month of July, the lectionary for our gospel readings gives us Jesus' parables or some of Jesus' parables. You know over the years with me that I love the parables. They are so simple and yet so rich. Like a seed sown on good soil, a parable can take root within us and it can grow and blossom and produce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold and nourish us spiritually. Over the years, I've invited you into the parables in many ways. Often I have asked you, who are you within the parable? So take today's parable, for instance, the parable of the sower. Are you the sower? Are you sowing the seeds of God's love in this world? And if so, where are you sowing that love? Are you making sure to sow it in both the good and bad soil? What do those seeds look like? What is the fruit that they produce? Or perhaps you see yourself as one of the seeds. What kind of seed are you? Where is it being sown? What is it producing in this world? Or maybe you hear the story, this parable, and you think of yourself as the soil. Well, what kind of soil are you? Are you the path? that everybody walks over? Or maybe you are the thorny soil that chokes the good seed from growing? Or maybe the rocky soil that doesn't really let it take root? Or perhaps you're the good, rich soil that it can take root in. Whatever kind of soil you are, is there some way you can tend to the soil that you have been given in this life? Can you clear away some of those thorny weeds from it? Can you till the soil, even if it's good soil, can you till it and make it so it can be even richer? So when the seed lands on it, it will thrive even better. Where do you see yourself in this parable? One of the things I love about these parables is that uh, the simplicity of the story gets to meet the richness and the complexities of our life. In that place where those two things meet, there is this rich creation of God at work in this world that's just remarkable. And beautiful things can happen from that. But that is not the only way to think about the parables. Parables, by, kind of, by definition, are, are, are vast and rich and have lots of different ways to see them and understand them and enter into them. They have a whole multiplicity of meanings and that's designed intentionally. That's what parables are meant to do. And so the way I usually invite you into the parable by thinking about who it is you are within the parable is not the only way to think about the parables. And I want to give you another way to think about the parable of the sower today. I have a little story for you uh, to get into it. This uh, way to understand the parable uh, came to me about a, a year or two ago, 
maybe three years ago, somewhere in that range. And um, I was back at Virginia Seminary in the chapel, and they had just pretty recently installed these three new stained glass windows. And they had uh, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. And um, these are they're, they're beautiful stained glass windows from a British artist uh, named Brian Clark. And you can see in the stained glass window of God the Father, a beautiful image of creation. And I sat there and I looked at this window and I prayed in front of this window. And I was reminded of God who made the world and made this whole creation and in doing so called it all good. Uh, Desmond Tutu says that God made it in love. It was love bubbling over. And I thought about all this. I look in this window and the ways that God invited us into that creative act and invited us to be stewards of the creation. These beautiful leaves on this tree and this window just reminded me so profoundly that work that we've been called to do to take care of God's creation. It's a beautiful window and I love it. The window of the Holy Spirit here. Spent some time... Um, looking at that one and praying in front of that one. and Of course, it's an image of a dove. It reminds us of Jesus' baptism when the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. And as I sat in front of this window and I looked and I prayed, I thought about the ways the Holy Spirit's like a dove, right? And I thought about other images of the Holy Spirit, like like wind and all this blue in this window. It reminds me of that, that wind kind of image of the Holy Spirit and that kind of bird flying, flighty kind of sense of the Holy Spirit, the way the Holy Spirit kind of comes and goes and, and flies around. And I thought about Jesus' baptism. I thought about my own baptism. And it was a wonderful opportunity to think about the way I was baptized into Christ, the way you're baptized into Christ. And we become Christ in this world, Christ's hands and feet and heart in this world through our baptism. It's a beautiful and profound window for me. And then we had the window of the second person of the Holy Trinity, the window of Jesus. And this one um, is much more abstract. <laughs> it's kind of just blobs in one sense. And so I was looking at it and I was just really intrigued by it. I didn't really quite get it um, in the same way I at least thought that I got the other two. And so looking at I stared about at it, I kind of began to see the image of, of a person in there. And I looked at it, I could kind of see a heart there in the middle of it. And I thought, maybe this is reminding me of Jesus' love. What's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. What does that great Christmas carol say? Love came down at Christmas. Jesus' love is so profound. There's no greater love than this, and lay down one's life for one's friends is one of the ways he describes the action of the cross. Love is at the core, the center of Jesus' life and his ministry, his teachings, what he wants for this world and what he wants us to do in this world. And I thought, this is good. I like this. It's a beautiful window uh, as I began to, to see that heart and to think about Jesus in that way. So I was sitting there one day kind of pondering this window, um, praying in front of the window, thinking about Jesus' love. And one of my professors came up to me and she said, do you know the story behind this window? And I said, no. And she went on to tell me. The artist, this British artist named Brian Clark, is well known, um, sometimes described as an artist of light. And apparently a lot of his windows are much more abstract. And he's uh, very interested in the way that light 
refracts through stained glass. And so sometimes he hears more about the light, apparently, and what, what it does when it shines through the window than what the window itself shows. And she went on to tell me that what he did for this window was he went to Canterbury Cathedral and he found a, a window there and he saw the light shining through it and he looked at the floor where the light was shining and the image that it was making as the day went along. And then he um, drew a picture of that light shining on the floor and from that picture he made this window. So this window is the light shining through another stained glass window at Canterbury Cathedral. Now the window that uh, the artist used was the parable of the sower. So of course I googled the parable of the sower and uh, saw it and it looks nothing like the window <laughs> at uh, Virginia Seminary. They're quite different. The way the light transforms that image and shines something different on the floor. And I started thinking about how rich that is. The way that this window of a sower looks nothing to me. I wouldn't look at the parable of the sower and say, that looks like Jesus. But the image that the light creates, the light moving through the window creates, did remind me of Jesus. A really interesting recognition for me in the window then, maybe I cannot just see an image of the parable, maybe I can see the image of Jesus shining through the window. Which is actually a lot of what an icon is meant to do. Like this icon right here of Mary, you're supposed to, with icons, kind of pray and meditate in front of them until you get to the point where you don't really uh, see the image of the saint, but you're supposed to see through the image of the saint to see God. So icons are meant to be windows to God for us. They're images not of what is shown, but they're meant to be images that draw us in to see beyond them. So maybe, in a sense, this parable of the sower window is doing the same thing when it was created as a window of the second person of the Trinity. And as I was sitting there praying and thinking about this, I began to wonder, can the parable itself be an icon? In the parable, not just a window and a light fracted through it. But in the parable, as I hear the story, can I see beyond it or listen beyond it and hear God? What if it's not about me for a moment? Kind of a novel idea. The world doesn't center, revolve around me. Maybe it is a story fully about God. That doesn't mean take away the other way of looking at it. Like I said, parables are meant to be rich and multifaceted. And there's lots of ways to enter into it. And I do think you should take some time this week to think about this parable in the sense of where do you find yourself in the story. Think of yourself as a sower. Think of yourself as a seed. Think of yourself as the soil. That's a rich way to look at it. 
But what if there's another way? What if instead of thinking about me, what if I just think about God? And so I started praying and meditating on this parable and thinking about what it says that the sower sows seeds even where it's not good. The sower is willing to waste seeds on the path and on the rocky soil and among the thorns. And yes, some of them will land in good soil as well. It's not a story about a sower, of course. It's a story about God's love. The heart at the center of Jesus' life and his ministry Jesus, who is the incarnation of God in this world, love that came down at Christmas. Love is the center of God. God is love, First John teaches us. As Desmond Tutu says about creation, God's, God's love bubbled over into creation. It's all about love. As our presiding bishop says, if it's not about love, it's not about God. It's all about love. And so, as I hear the parable of the sower, And I think about God's love and how abundant God's love is that God is willing to waste it. God is so utterly inefficient. God wouldn't get through business school because God is willing to waste seeds. God's willing to waste love on paths and on rocks and on thorny places even though it's not necessarily going to take root and thrive. But God's got more love to waste. God loves us more than we can ask for or imagine. Bishop Powell ends nearly every single one of his sermons because it's true. That's what the parable of the sower reminds us of. God's love is that abundant that God can just waste it, throwing it left and right wherever God wants. Because God's love for us is that immense. It's a beautiful and rich parable we have today. So many ways to enter into it. And one of those ways is to remind us of the abundance of God's love for you and me and for all of us in this world. Amen.